Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the Riptide. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. I'm Travis Gumble. I'm Mike Versign. <laughs> that was Jamil Zanishev. <laughs> and this is Brew Strong with special guest Neil Spake. At least somebody's paying attention. That's why I pause. I was waiting for you to say your name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's been a while since I've done one of these shows. <laughs> it's rusty. Yeah, I was telling my wife, you know, I've only been doing this 16 years. How, how could I be expected to get this right? And it's changed a couple times, you know? It has. <laughs> Once or twice. I've been doing this show 16 years. Been doing uh, Bring Network stuff for 18. And you brought The Jamel Show. show. The Jamel, Jamel Show. show. Yeah. yeah. The book is high And then... Uh, Can you brew it? Well, and then Brewing Can you Strong. And then came Kenya Brewett. Then came Brewing Style. Yeah. And here we are today. Brew Strong. You know who else who gets it right all the time? Huh? Come on, one of you guys. He gets it right all the you time. Like John? Your good buddy over there. My good John buddy, Blickman. John Blickman. That's right. That guy's a genius. Literally a Absolutely. genius. He's one smart dude. Creates, uh, you know, amazing stuff. Uh, whether you be a home brewer of... You know, uh, more, uh, you know, uh, conservative means. He, he's got the anvil line and he's got his, you know, top tier equipment. Then he even does, uh, commercial grade stuff and, uh, um, you know, stuff for, for those of you who want to move into, uh, brewing as a job. Uh, he sells that stuff too. Small, small brewery equipment. If you want to check that out, go to, uh, blickmanengineering.com. Uh, great guy, John Blickman. Uh, he has paid for the show for all 16 years. And, uh, I think the least you could do is send him an email at Blickman, uh, feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com and tell him, thank you for, uh, sponsoring the show. He pays for it. So you don't have to. So I think that's really cool. And thank you, Neil, for joining us. Uh, our special guest, Neil Spake. He is, uh, author. Uh, podcaster, uh, traveler, musician, uh, <laughs> computer, hardware genius guy, and uh, a good buddy of mine. He's gone, uh, uh, just like Travis has, he's gone on trips with me to uh, England several times. 
And we've got a trip planned to Germany next. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to, in, in the Czech Republic, we're going to hit Prague, we're going to hit uh, Bamberg, we're going to hit Frankfurt, all coming up uh, this year. Uh, and the reason I asked Neil to be with us today was because we want to talk about beer travel. While we were traveling, we're thinking, you know, a lot of the things that we've figured out, a lot of the tips and tricks, a lot of people would like to hear those. I would. Yes. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. I, I've never traveled for beer, but I'd like to learn. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> if you guys speak, you know. No, yeah. I have not been on a beercation yet. I guess I, I, I would count South Carolina. I did a lot of breweries when I was down there. There you go. Yeah. Got to that's check some, out New Realm. That's a place uh, I have nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Have some of Mitch's beers over there? Oh, yeah. Beer scene's great. Charleston is awesome. They have some really cool breweries. They got the one guy, he opened Charlestown Fermentary, and he's from Trillium, I guess, and his hazies were outstanding. And then I got to go to New Realm and check out like all of Mitch Steele's stuff going on down there. They just opened a really cool venue with a lot of like live music, like stages and stuff. Sweet down there. Yeah, they got like three places now. Yeah. Three breweries and a distillery. I was talking to Mitch. And, and I'm like, Mitch started that, right? Crazy. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in, uh, in Atlanta. Atlanta, along with uh, mm-hmm. uh, two other people, were kind of the, I guess, the funding and the restaurant side of things, and Mitch's the brewery side of things. They've grown it pretty fast. I mean, he's got a, so the Virginia is their production brewery location, I think, or something like I, that. They bought the Green Flash Brewery. Uh, the Green mm-hmm. Flash had built a new brewery, and that was, uh, took them down, you know, spending too much money. <laughs> Always the death of a brewery. So New Realm said, hey, if they can do it, we can do it. <laughs> Anything you well, can do, I can do better. I think they, they got it. Uh, they got it more on the cheap compared to, uh, you know, however much 75 million they put into it or whatever crazy amount. Well, and Neil, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Love traveling with you. I, I'm glad that you're, you're doing this show because uh, I have learned so much from you, your little tidbits, uh, <laughs> just things that seem so obvious, but until you experience them or you explain them, they just, you don't think of it. Right. Uh, and I, I just remember being in the, in a, I think we were Ubering from Birmingham over mm-hmm. to the West Midlands and you were saying, you know, I wish more people would uh, visit England and check out these breweries. We got to keep, cask ale kind of cask conditioned ale and the bridge mm-hmm. brew heritage alive and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i said yeah i i totally agree and i think one of the one of the things that keeps people from other countries particularly the u.s from going is fear uh they right. think it's just too daunting and too uh, complex when we travel me. when i travel with you it's like seamless so yeah, it's, it's pretty easy and I think, you know, a lot of that just has to do with, you know, preparation. Yeah. You're better than that, though, Jamil. Why don't you talk about why you were in an Uber? <laughs> why was I in an Uber? I mean, you, you were there during the strikes on, on the rail, on, on the railroad and stuff. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that, that messed us up on uh, you know, one thing. <laughs> yeah. And that was a really <laughs> long Uber ride. That was a very costly. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, so, what he's talking that. about. We were we were going to the uh, the West Midlands to to. There's a, an amazing selection of milds and bitters in the West Midlands, and yes. some historic breweries. And um, 
that you know the 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 trains kind of run out there but there's you know there's there's not much uh, in the way of transport out there so you know we just did uber rides and they were you know eight ten dollars between you know places mm-hmm. and so with three of us in the car it really was probably no more expensive than if we could have taken trains out there right. and yeah we just went door to door we didn't do hardly any walking and yeah. uh, we had a great great time of it so sometimes uber's uber's cheaper for you sometimes the trains are better it depends you know how far you're going but you didn't let the train issue stop your trip Absolutely yeah. not. Old world, newfangled technology, it all kind of melted together and you made it happen. There's there's always a way around it. Um, yeah, you just have to, you know, uh, Neil and I like to get to the to the station early. You know, we don't want to leave to the last moment. We get there, you know, 15 minutes early and we just stand around and chat. Mm-hmm. And it just gives us time to be comfortable, look at the board, see which platform we're boarding on. Google usually knows which platform you're going to be boarding on. And uh, it'll tell you, you know, uh, this train number, this platform at this time. And, you know, it's it's right. But what can happen sometimes is maybe a train gets canceled or something. Like when they, they had these strikes, they, they started limiting some of the trains. And we got there to the York Station and uh, we were heading out to, to go to Timothy Taylor's and uh, looked up at the board. I'm like, our train's been canceled. <laughs> but then it's like, well, here's another train going to our our same destination. Yeah, we jumped on that. We were fine. No big deal. Worked out just fine. Let's talk about just how you get over there in the first place. You know, planes, right? You take a flight. Uh, there are lots of direct flights to Heathrow. There's lots of easy, non-stops, generally, you know, pretty reasonably priced. Um, depends on where you're flying from. Fly from San Francisco to Heathrow, uh, round trip, uh, seven hundred bucks. You fly from Atlanta to Heathrow, round trip, eighteen hundred bucks. I was looking at uh, flights for Mitch, and I was just shocked at how expensive they were. But you know, you you fly from Atlanta to you know Boston and then over, and then, you know the price drops in half. It's crazy. So you got to look around. Google Flights is real handy, and and just looking at flights and seeing, try different days, try different airports. And it'll give you some suggestions sometimes say, Hey, fly from here and it's cheaper. And, uh, you don't have to book it through there, but it'll give you an idea of what you can expect to pay for a flight. Interesting enough, you don't have to go into Heathrow. You don't have to go into the main airport of, of England. If you, uh, one of the creative ways I, I get around is, I can get a nonstop between here and Amsterdam, fly out to Amsterdam, and then KLM from Amsterdam, from the Schiphol Airport, uh, flies direct to pretty much every single airport in England. It's amazing. That's cool. Even so, though <laughs> a massive airport, and they fly everywhere. So, um, and, and, and KLM has got all these little commuter jets for that. Uh, you know, uh, Neil, I was looking at how would I have flown into, how would I have gotten to, uh, Theakston's for old peculiar, mm. right? Right. There's an airport not too far away called the Durham airport. Oh, in Durham. Oh, okay. in, in Durham. It's uh, called Teesside and KLM flies direct to there. Wow. A tiny little airport. That's amazing. Right. 
they fly into Leeds, they fly into Manchester, they fly in pretty much everywhere. And so, uh, you know, if you can catch a, a flight to Amsterdam, uh, you know, for maybe a lot less, uh, maybe yeah. it's better, better timing. Uh, you know, you could even spend a, a few, uh, a few days in Amsterdam, which is a lovely city to, to, to tour. And then you can just jump on a, a plane, go to any little airport anywhere in, in England, uh, right from there. So, uh, and then you can fly open jaw. You go into Amsterdam and out of Heathrow back home. You don't have to fly. A lot of the airports um, or the airlines, they don't charge you extra for doing what they call an open jaw like that. You uh, you can just, you know, book your, your ticket from, you know, San Francisco to Amsterdam and then back from Heathrow to, to San Francisco. As long as it's in the same area, they consider that a contiguous trip. So they don't charge you any extra for it. That's one tip. Be aware that uh, you may lose a day going over there. Yeah, yeah. On the way back, you pretty much arrive back home at the same time you left. You know, it's a couple hours mm-hmm. time difference when, when you're coming back. So you gain it back on the way back. But just be aware of, you know, when you're setting up hotels and stuff, you lose a day going that way. Now, do you usually go, uh, I'll call it off season? You know, hmm. everybody wants to go to England in, you know, mm-hmm. late May through early August. Right. I always avoid that, personally. I do too. The rates go through the roof, number one, mm-hmm. and the place is so packed with tourists that uh, it's, right. it just can be cost prohibitive. That and, you know, it's also hotter. Man, it's hotter. Yeah, the people in England don't want to be in England in the middle of summer. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's so, it tends to be so hot. And, um, AC is not their specialty. Yeah. They don't, they don't have a lot of AC. You know, we'll talk about hotels in a moment, but you know, a lot of them don't have air conditioning. So you always want to check to make sure it's got air conditioning. If you're, if you're a little more rotund American, like myself, (laughs) uh, you know, I need some good, good old AC. Here's one thing. If, if, if you do fly into Heathrow, I want to touch on the Heathrow express. Absolutely. A lot of times people, you know, the Heathrow express can be great if, you're staying somewhere where the Heathrow Express ends or somewhere past there. It is very quick. It gets from you know, the airport down to Paddington uh, in 15 minutes, nonstop, right? However, it's a 10-minute further walk to get on to the Heathrow Express. <laughs> if you're not staying somewhere convenient to Heathrow Express, uh, the tube can be much quicker and vastly cheaper uh, for you. There's a tube station, 10 minute walk earlier than the Heathrow Express. So just look at both times. Google will show you the time differences between them, but it often does not include the walking time in the airport for that. Yeah, I was going to add one note on uh, flight tips. I don't know if they all do it, but if you're tracking a price, if you go to United's website and you try to get a flight and you, you keep trying to get maybe a different arrangement, you'll see that price start to tick up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they published the fact that they set their pricing on demand and you're creating the demand. So uh, yeah, kind of figure out whatever options you can, maybe even a month in advance or something, or try a different date to see what the options look like before you come back to your date. So your flight's not all jacked up in price. Or turn off cookies. Does that work? Don't allow them to track you on the other sites. I was going to ask though, because you were talking about off season and, when to go, I guess, what would be the, the month to circle for a, a beer enthusiast? 
Oh, see, that's a good question. That's a great. Uh, so, are there some big festivals? Are there really cool events? Right, right. Are there really special uh, releases? Uh, like what so, month G- we- GBBF mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the London uh, Beer Fest, which is craft beer fest, which is excellent. Those tend to be kind of beginning of August or so. Um, still, still t- tad warm there, but uh, you put that at the beginning of your trip, and then uh, you know it's not bad at all. Yeah, there's other other festivals. There's a, there's a winter GBBF as well. I tend to go around. A lot of mine was is based off of other things. So go to Sweden to do this this conference. That's in March, and then I'm like, well, I'm already over here. I might as well go to England. <laughs> certainly, certainly. You know, and so uh, you know, I'll end up there in March, and then um, uh, you know, uh, we're we're going. Uh, to Germany, you know, around Labor Day. And, um, you know, after that, I'm just like, well, I'm already here. I must well go to England. <laughs> so I will go on to England, you know, shortly after that. I think shoulder seasons are the best. Although if you like Christmas markets, uh, around Christmas time is great. They have uh, Christmas markets in, in England and, and in Europe that are really very nice. It's, you know, the community gets out and strolls around. They got these tiny little huts serving foods and mulled wine. And it's just uh, kind of a magical Christmassy feel. My wife and I, we really love it. So that's another good time to go. And everybody uh, says happy Christmas. Yes. Mm-hmm. They all say happy Christmas, <laughs> which I love. That's so why I want to start saying uh, Merry Thanksgiving and happy Christmas. There you go. Yeah, so uh, Great British uh, Great British Beer Fest, that's like all cask. Which uh, So if you don't know if you like cask, you can go and you can find out. Well, and, and I think they're, they're doing some, uh, some keg beer now. And mainly uh, to, for, for the Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a lot of, a lot of the breweries. So. They, had the, they had the corner of canned and bottled because your beer was there. Yes. The year we went, they had that. So, but I was still back on the cask personally. No, def- no yeah. offense, Jamil, but at the time I could get your beer or whatever. I could get their <laughs> beer. Yes, honestly, a great British beer fest. I would, I'd give that it's, a shot. It is, it is excellent. Yeah, sound like it. Is that how we found Harvey's? They've canceled it this year. What? They've canceled it this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that how we found Harvey's, or do you already know about Harvey's? We already knew about Harvey's. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the the, the places uh, will be there, and they'll they'll crown the you know champion beer of Britain and all that, and that'll be all those winners will be on there at the fest. If you've heard of uh, GABF, the American uh, Great American Beer Festival, that was started after uh, Charlie Papazian went to England um, and uh, got toured around. Uh, I forget who showed him around uh, the GBBF. But after that, he went home and, and set up the GABF, which, you know, has become huge. GBBF is much smaller. Um, and um, uh, you pay to enter. Um, you give a deposit for a glass, which you can keep, which I uh, each year I keep them. Uh, or you can, you can uh, sell it back to them. Uh, and then uh, the you pay for your beers. You know, and you can get a quarter pour, quarter pint, third pint, half pint, full pint, which is nice. Not like GABF where it's an ounce, an ounce, an ounce, which drives me nuts. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Let's take a uh, quick break. And when we come back, we'll uh, dig more into traveling in, in England uh, for beer right after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back here with our special guest, Neil Spake. He's joined us. Uh, he's got quite a bit of experience uh, traveling in England. Uh, he and I traveled together. He, he actually uh, lived in Scotland for a while as well and, and traveled around in the UK as well for beer. Now, hotels. I'm kind of picky about my hotels. I've stayed in some pubs. I enjoy that. I've stayed in some you know smaller things. And I've enjoyed them, but I'm always very careful for a couple of things. One is air conditioning or I'm there in the winter and I know that the window's open. So I can let some cold air in. Otherwise I get too, I get too hot and sweaty. I can't, can't stand it. Nobody wants sweaty Jamil. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I always try and, uh, uh, you know, if you're going to stay in a pub, they're there, they can be wonderful. You know, just kind of, you know, quaint old pubs and historic buildings. A lot of people really like that. The issue with it for some people is generally there's no elevator. So you're going to have to haul your luggage up, you know, maybe three flights of stairs. Um, there's no air conditioning and they can be noisy sometimes. Uh, some of the pubs, especially if you're staying there midweek, not a big deal. You're staying there on the weekends, you know, and it's a busy pub. You know, the, the crowd could be singing, drinking, and, you know, music could be playing until, you know, two in the morning and, uh, you know, uh, may keep you up. If you need to get up early to go catch a train or something, may, may drive you up the wall. So just keep that in mind. But uh, pubs can be pretty wonderful. Anywhere you stay, I always try and stay near a train station. You know, Travis and, and Neil, I'll tell you. That was my tip, yeah. Wherever, wherever we stay, we're walking from the train station to the hotel. Keeps you from having to pay for a cab, finding a cab. If you're in some of these smaller towns, there are cabs, but they're not in a line waiting to pick you up. You may have to call for one and wait. And I don't know about you, but I want to go drinking, <laughs> get to the <laughs> hotel. I don't want to stand for 30 minutes waiting, hoping on a cab. So being able to walk, you know, five, 10 minutes to a hotel, that's why I always try and pick something near the the train station. I always look at where's the train station that I'm going to use for to get to this town and to leave this town for my next destination. And then I'm like, okay, what hotels are close by this? You know, what pubs, what hotels? And I also like to find places that I always look to see if there's like a Tesco or a Sainsbury's or a Waitrose, a little grocery store. You know, they have these Tesco Express, you know, Sainsbury local uh, shops, which have um, all the foods and drinks and things and, and other supplies. If you need something very close, very handy, it's nice to, to you know, have that uh, nearby within walking distance. And usually there's one. 
I just make sure I'm not in a desert where there's no restaurants, no grocery stores, no, you know, no services, you know, look around on Google, you know, zoom in and, and, you know, hit the restaurants button and see what kind of restaurants are there. You know, like, Hey, yeah, if we're staying there, I'd probably want to go eat here. Oh, what, what pubs are there? You know, when we get back from touring around, I'm probably going to want to have a, have a pint and ah, here's a nice place right next to the hotel. So, you know, check those things out. Google's your friend on all this. I've got a two for one. That's, that's your specialist at on, on the hotels, Jamil kind of bridges flights and hotels, you'll pack light and what goes with packing light because you're going to be walking with your luggage more than likely a little bit, uh, pack as light as you can stand it at least, but then find your laundromat. Yes. And you're a specialist at that. Oh, I always, I always look, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I always look to see where the laundromats are because, well, and usually what I do is I'll bring 10, I'll bring, you know, 10 shirts, 10 underwear, 10 socks, a couple pairs of pants. And it gets me 10 days, you know, plus what I'm wearing. So I'll get me 10 days. So every 10 days, I look to see if I can find you know, a laundromat near my hotel. And that way, you know, I go for 30 days. I go, you know, for four or five weeks sometimes. And uh, I do laundry twice on the trip. And actually, I've come to really enjoy it because I'll talk to locals. I'll find a laundromat next to a pub. You know, I'll throw the laundry in. I'll go and have have a couple of pints and uh, just relax. And, you know, it's it's nice. It's uh, not not a big deal at all. And then I'm not lugging as much around. And that is much more enjoyable than, <laughs> you know, and yeah, having to spend a, a few hours getting your laundry done, you know, not a big deal at all. Also hit on the fact that you probably don't want to make it a weekend trip. Uh. And if you leave on Friday and arrive on Saturday and you're coming back on Sunday, you yeah. just spent the night in, in, in Europe or, or England or wherever, you know, you haven't done much. Make a trip out of it. That's that's why I go and stay, you know, a month because, you know, the, the travel over is, you know, a little exhausting for me. Uh, I am a delicate flower and I become <laughs> tired. So then you have to adjust at the local time. It takes a little bit of time also. It and, does. Yeah. 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 I, I've got a quick question, too. It's um, so when you're planning this month long trip, are you making your hotel arrangements for the entire trip? Or are you kind of. As you go, you're finding a new spot. I, I make them. I make them ahead of time. I okay. map the whole thing out, and but I make my hotel room uh, reservations cancelable, and so a lot of them, they will either you know up to the day of they'll allow you to to change your reservation or cancel your reservation. Some you can get them cheaper if they're if you give a five days you know cancellation. And almost always, you know, within five days. So I usually pick that. But I'll usually do that. But I'll kind of map the whole thing out, but leave myself some flexibility where I can change things if, you know, we decide on something different. Uh, there's something else we want to see or do. And, you know, then you can you can adjust it. You bring your phone with you. You know, you can usually do that or maybe a tablet. You can change your, your uh, plans uh, on the go. You, you don't have to be super rigid, but you don't want to spend your whole trip trying to figure out where you're going to sleep tomorrow night. Right. And right. then have to worry. Cause then I think you don't really take advantage of some of the optimum things. Another thing about transportation is you, 
the, the trains are great, but, um, they don't go everywhere. And if you want to get somewhere like, um, uh, you know, we wanted to get out to, uh, Jeremy's, uh, farm, uh, Clarkson's oh, right. farm, ass farm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the, <laughs> the previous trips, we found a cab driver out there in that area and he was nice. And he said, you know, Hey, you know, you need a ride back. And we're like, yeah, he gave us his card. I've held on to that card to this day. And when it came time for us to go out to uh, Clarkson's farm, I called him up. I said, Hey, you know, can you pick us up? Can you, can you drop us off? You know, give us a ride back. He's like, yep, absolutely. So he met us there at the station, picked us nice. up, took us out there. He waited 45 minutes or an hour while we were there and then took us back. Um, right. There's lots of little cab services around all of England. And, uh, you know, you can find them on Google for certain districts and certain areas. If you just Google the name of the town you want to taxi in and taxi town name like uh, Massam, uh, you know, there's a there's a ripping uh, taxi service, Judy's or something like that. You can book in advance. They will pick you up at your, your, where you need to be picked up. They'll drop you off. They'll take you back, all that stuff. And it's actually pretty reasonably priced. Uh, they do not charge a huge amount for their, their taxi services in England. So that's a, a good one. But, you know, when you meet somebody and they're nice t- t- cab driver, get their name, get their card, uh, you know, it, very, uh, you know, very handy to have. Um, it can definitely pay off. <laughs> right. And in the end, if you get stuck somewhere, don't freak out. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can always get a, get a room almost anywhere or somebody will help you. Mm-hmm. Individuals will drive you in their car somewhere. If, if you're really desperate, you know, um, don't worry about it. You're on vacation. Have a good time. In England, they almost speak our language. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do. Wait, what? <laughs> All right. So I don't need an interpreter. Food, food. What is that? You know, I know Neil is uh, very, very fond of uh, certain British foods. Yes, I am. Absolutely. Full English breakfast, and so is Travis. There's nothing better than a full English breakfast. Yeah, except <laughs> maybe a full Scottish or a full Irish, but they're all very similar. There you go. Tell us about the differences there. Well, all right, sorry, we come back maybe. I'd say uh, one of one of the things is the pub food is generally great. Plus, they have beer, uh, but be aware that not all pubs are serving full meals and not round the clock, you know, or when they're open. So just you know, Google that and then look, and they it'll usually tell you. Um, but just be aware that that place isn't. There's somebody around who is because a lot of people eat in pubs, eat in, you know, local restaurants. So you will, you will find something. You won't starve to death in England. There's people there who live there and eat. So you will be able to eat too. Just make sure you try some of the local foods. Have fish and chips. You may have had fish and chips at home, but you probably haven't had fish and chips like fish and chips in England. Absolutely. Go ahead and try the malt vinegar once and be done with it. Even even some of the the worst fish and chips in England tends to be far better than the best fish and chips in, in a lot of the U.S. So uh, check it out. Uh, other stuff, uh, you know, the sticky toffee pudding, the uh, you know, um, 
uh, you know, the full English breakfast, some of, you know, there's, there's just a, a lot of things that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, especially in England, there's a lot of regional sausages in particular. Uh-huh. So just because it says bangers and mash, trust me, that Cumberland sausages mm-hmm. versus Lincolnshire, mm-hmm. they're all a little bit different. And it, it's eye-opening to, to try the regional varieties. And uh, this probably goes without saying for most people that have been there, but like London and Glasgow have some of the best Anglo-Indian food on the planet. Mm-hmm. Some of the best yeah. curry restaurants. It's just Absolutely. insane. And we found out in Birmingham, they're known for uh, Balti cooking. It's a specialty region of India. And I didn't know that until this last trip, that they have a big uh, Balti community there, and they're really known for it. So, yeah, get out and check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. Steak and ale pies, chicken and mushroom pie. All that stuff. Just it's a great country with a lot of wonderful foods. You know, people have given uh, England. You know, it's uh, a bad rap. It does get a bad rap, but it's improved immensely because yeah, it's it's just not the case. I mean, there's Michelin star restaurants plenty mm-hmm. in England. Uh, you know, they they make some great food. Um, give a bunch of things a try. If you don't know what something is on the menu, ask what it is. Give it a try. You know. Chances are you're going to like it. Yeah. People are eating it for a reason. Not. Uh, what's the uh, pie you had at Yorkshire uh, Terminal? What? What's, the, what's, what's the pie you had at Yorkshire Terminal? Is that like oh, a little, pork, little pie? pork pie? Yeah. Yeah. Not not the hat, but the actual pie. Yeah. Yes. Pork pies. Yeah. Pork pies. Yes. That was interesting. Yeah. And then the, uh, that was the, 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 I don't think we had a pint in there, but Travis loved that place. <laughs> Yorkshire Town. In the in oh, the train right, station, right. yeah, yeah, and we were there. I think I was starving because I didn't get my uh, didn't get my my pasty, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, I had some pies. There you go. I think Travis was like, "What is that?" Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking just one final thing. This is another thing that gets a bad rap with some friends of mine for I don't think warranted reasons. But my black pudding back my mind when I travel in England. If I am not sure where I can get something to eat, mm. I find a Weatherspoons pub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, huh? Their food is reasonable. It's decent. You'll find one or two beers that are at least worth worth having. Uh, a lot of people complain about Weatherspoons, but I've found that to be a safe haven when there was nothing else. Mm-hmm. So true. What, what's their line of beers? Some, some of them can be pretty good. Uh, they they just they. Uh, Kind of, uh, oh, as you found out, they, they, they tell the brewers what they will pay for beer. Uh, and then, yeah. uh, yeah. So but, they're, not, they're not, they're not always you know, tied to the same brewery. They vary by region. No, right. no it varies by what okay. they can get for the best money and what's moving the fastest. But they're really good about guest ales. And Hen- Henry was, was telling me, or was, were you there when he was telling, telling us that, uh, uh, at his weather spoons down in Worthing, uh, they, uh, they have on old peculiar, mm. you know, and so they'll, wow. they'll, they'll tap one and then it's just like emptied in, in a couple hours. They just tell mm. them, they, they put the word out and then it's gone. Mm. He says he misses it. Uh, it's it's 8 PM. Right. Um, exactly. so just depends on, on the weather spoons. Okay. Let's take another short break. When we come back. We will dig in more with uh, beer tourism right after this. 
Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Let's see here. Brewery tours. How do you get a tour at a brewery? Hang out with a rock star named Jamil Zanisha. <laughs> that helps a lot. <laughs> oh, come on. I, usually all I do is, uh, well, yeah, sometimes I, I go like, hey, you know who I am? Hey. No. Um, is that more when you're getting thrown out, though? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> that's usually, yeah, that's yeah. Michael, Michael's that's right. how I get us thrown out, not him. Oh, OK. <laughs> and then he, got, he gets you back. Yeah. A lot of a lot of times uh, <laughs> breweries will have uh, tours that they do. Just check out their website. It'll say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you, you can convert pounds to dollars using Google. You can, you know, uh, usually you can book it online. If it doesn't work online, you can email and say, hey, I'm from California and I can't make it work on your website, but I'm going to be there and I want a tour. Could you please help me? And you tell them what day and what time. And they'll go like, yeah, we'll we'll put you on the on the list. You can pay when you get here. Don't worry about it. Even if it's a pay in advance thing, very nice. Uh, you know, sometimes you know they don't do tours for the public. But again, if you're if you're nice, if you ask nicely, if you're polite, and you say, hey, you know, I understand you don't do tours for the public. I'm coming special from. Austin, Texas, and I'd love to, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of your brewery. I love, you know, British Cascale. Uh, would it be all right if I, you know, took a quick peek in the brewery and, you know, and 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 looked about a little bit? You'll be surprised if you're polite and not demanding anything from them. Times to be like, yeah, sure, come on down. We'll we'll take care of you. 
and you'll find yourself there, you know, being shown around the place for, for an hour or two and being given free beer. And, you know, they, they love when people appreciate their beer and, and, uh, really are passionate about it. Um, so, you know, not a big deal. Uh, a lot of times, you know, some places you can't get into, I, I have never been able to get into Sam Smith's. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I had a connection of a guy who pretty much lived on the property when he was younger and he was like, Oh yeah, I'll get you in. And they're like, Nope, can't come in. I'm like, well, that's probably just me. He probably could have gotten anybody else in, but not me. It's not true. Uh, and always, you know, if you do a brewery tour, be respectful, you know, before the tour, during the tour and after the tour, you know, be, be kind to, to people that are opening the brewery to you. It may be Sam Smith doesn't allow people in because people were jerks. I don't know. Um, but I, I know if people were jerks to me when, when I let them into my brewery, it really made me question whether <laughs> I wanted to be doing brewery tours, but, uh, you know, uh, just, just keep that in mind. Um, pub tips. Neil, I know you've got a ton of pub tips for people. Yeah. Well, it, what, should, what should you do when you, when you get to a pub? Uh, well, I, I'm really into historic pubs. I love, uh, pubs that are, uh, grade two, grade one listed mm-hmm. buildings. Uh, and there are lots of books and things out there that you can research, um, like camera has all of these lovely heritage, mm. usually by region, mm-hmm. uh, and they are awesome. The pictures are cool. They tell you what what's historic about that given pub, uh, and that'll give you the architecture side of it. Of what yeah. kind of unique? If you're into that, if you're not, you know, don't worry about it. You want to cool. tell us what grade two, grade one is? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What's uh, what does that grade thing mean? Well, the um, the grading thing in England is um, so say it's a a, a Victorian building and pub. Uh, it'll be a, a grade two listed building, which is pretty high up, if it maintains like seventy percent of the originality of when it was built. So if somebody just goes into a a historic building and guts it and puts in all brand new stuff. It, that's not accurate. That's like these faux Irish pubs we have all over in America where they, they just, they're beautiful. They build them, they ship them over here, they hook them up, but there's nothing historical about it. Uh, if, it, if you see a pub in England that has a grade listing on it, um, use most of them are grade two or grade two star is probably the highest one. They have some sort of historical significance. Could be Victorian, could be Edwardian, different periods of architecture, uh, which also bring, even, even if you're not into the architecture part of it, the way beer was served over the years changed as well. So some, some places have a certain type of a hand pull and others have a different type of a hand pull, things like that. If you find that stuff interesting, and like uh, the one pub. That, What's that hand pull motion? See, I didn't do that. I didn't do <laughs> it. You know? Or they'll, or you'll have the resident cat. Like we went into a pub in, in York and uh, this black cat just, hello, here I am. Was that the, was that the black cat 
pub in the yard? It was the Black Swan. I think it was the Black Swan, which was a oh, gorgeous. What was the pub. one where that had the uh, the thing where they dropped the coffins down through? Oh, the coffin. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, the dead drop or whatever. Those are the kind of crazy things you you run across. Yeah, can can you pay, pay five pounds to get dropped down in the coffin? <laughs> I don't know. Is <laughs> a ride? I think if you drink yeah. too much, is there a ride? That's how they dispose of you. Can I take the coffin trip, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this stuff. I mean, and you can wander into these places, and it's free, you know, to go in and check it out. Uh, you know, you get yourself a pint, you know, to support the business. But uh, you know, you see some pretty cool things that. You know, over in this country, you'd be charging an entrance fee. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, over there it's yeah. you're you're just going to these people's business, or you know, really, really very cool. Yeah. So, grade one is the next step up, or uh, grade one, I think, is the highest level. That that's almost unheard of. Very nice. One of my favorite pub tips is talk to people. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, just just strike up a conversation. Hey, you see somebody standing at the bar. Having a pint, say something, you know, be be friendly, and you'd be you'd be surprised at how quickly you you can make friends. Or you know, Travis and I, we were in uh, Cardiff uh, along with my daughter, and we started chatting with a guy there in a in a pub in Cardiff, and then uh, he started taking us around to all his favorite pubs in Cardiff. Nice, uh, it was fantastic, yeah. wonderful wonderful chap. Um, it was it was a blast. Um, be patient. You know, if you're getting cast beer, uh, especially if it's on sparkler, it takes time for it to be poured. Um, you know, to wait until they, you know, uh, say you're done. Uh, same thing. If there's, if there's a queue, if there's a line, respect the line. Mm-hmm. People do not like it. If you go around their queue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, just, just stick it. If you see a line to get, to get drinks, Get in the line. Don't go around. Even if you, you say, "Oh, I could, I could cheat this thing and, and get a drink faster." Now, if everybody's lining up along the long bar, like Travis and I, we were in uh, the Borough Market, and we went into, I think it was a uh, Young's Pub. Was and, it? Yeah. And it's just it, the, the entire bar had, you know, two, you know, slammed two, two, three deep, and. uh you know, then there's a little space. You, you just walk up and stand up. But, but but if there's an orderly line, get in the orderly line and just wait your turn. Be patient. The one way I'll say don't be like the locals, don't harass them if your pint glass is a quarter of an inch under the lip. You know, they, <laughs> they, they want it to foam to die down and all the way to the top or it's a harassment. Now, don't be like that. Just if you do see like an inch, you know, inch and a half of foam, Expect that they will top it up for you. Yeah, yeah. They're just waiting for the foam to settle. That's why I was saying be patient. They're waiting yeah. for the foam to settle before they top it up. If they don't, and you're like an inch short of beer, you can just say, hey, can I get a top up? And they'll do it. They they won't question. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes, you know, some places, you know, they, they think, eh, American won't, won't care. You know, just, you can act like a local and say, can I get a top up? You hear that all the time. Don't be loud in a quiet pub. Huh? Mm-hmm. I would never. Some of these pubs are real quiet. And, uh, you know, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, you know, if, if you start getting all loud, like in the, uh, no, the blue bell and you're more that same shirt. <laughs> uh, you could, you could find yourself tossed out. So, uh, just, just, uh, you know, yeah. 
I forgot I was wearing my bluebell shirt. Yeah, so okay. if you say, do you know who I am? You have to say, do you know who I am? <laughs> sure. Yeah, just, uh, you know. Quietly. Do you know who yeah. I am? Not loudly. <laughs> Same thing if you're exiting and you're in a residential, you know, a lot of times there's people that live right around the pub. And if it's late at night, don't be loud and disorderly. Um, A lot of pubs get into trouble because people are loud and disorderly leaving the pub. So don't be part of the problem. And keep in mind that your transit options can shut down just because you took the tube out there does not mean that the tube is still running when you leave that pub at, you know, one in the morning. Uh, you may have to catch a bus. You may have to walk for a while until you can find a cab. Uh, just be aware of what your options are if you're going to be away from your hotel and things like that. Now, is there an actual like legal closing time or is it kind of like whenever the bar feels like closing or is it like Nevada where if you want to stay there till the sun comes up, <laughs> <laughs> like where I live, some of the places? Uh, mostly they, they have a closing time. It, it depends on usually it's uh especially in england it's like 10 o'clock through maybe thursday and then they'll have what's called a late license for friday and saturday but even late license only means 11 or 12 okay. and then when the pub shut everyone goes to the disco and the you can disco. stay up four six in the morning doing that uh so Brent's asking, does England's beer prices also reflect the increased beer prices like in the States? They have gone up, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in places like, you know, London, some places have gone up just crazy amounts. Is it pretty common to have similar prices of 5 to $9 per pint, especially for those bigger, hoppier beers? Mm, um, it's generally cheaper. To get beers in England, but they tend to be lower ABV. Definitely less hoppy. Uh, yes. And are they at least 50% of beers represent hoppier styles? I'd say it's getting more and more hoppier styles as some of the newer brewers are, are starting to take up handles. But when you're talking about a hoppy beer in England... It's not as hoppy as beers in the in the U.S. I mean, we do insane hopping. They tend to do more moderate, even on the hoppy beers, although you will find a few that do American styles quite well and will do some insanity. Uh, <laughs> he follows up with, do they call an English ale? Just an ale. Yes. <laughs> bitter, uh, that's bitter. Uh, you know, they'll do a bitter. Uh, a bitter is, you know, quite common. But, uh, you know, the only bitter I found that was really, truly bitter was that Holden's we had uh, in, 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 the Midland, in the Midlands. That was bitter. Yeah. That was so deliciously bitter. Nice. It, was, it was intensely bitter, oh. but so smooth and yeah. so delicious. It was, it, there was no, there was a great hot bitterness to it, but... Not like you get over here where it's harsh or biting or, Boing. you know, unpleasant or where it kind of ruins your palate. That was just so drinkable. Yeah, uh, That was my favorite bitter of all times, I think. And that's the other thing, right? We went to the West Midlands to try Miles because Holden is known yeah, for Don't just try the Mild. Try whatever they have because we found this little gem that none of us knew about and oh i'm i totally second jamil it was 
one of the one of my happiest beer experiences. Yeah, yeah. Like a challenger or what? Some local base malt. There's there's a, another example. We were we went there. Uh, we went to their the brewery shop because oh, right. we knew yeah. the we knew the the pub hadn't opened yet. Uh, but it was a Saturday, and so the you know brewery tour was out of the question because it was Saturday. So uh, we went into the shop, got a pine glass and some other stuff, and uh, there was a guy inside that uh, looked like he you know worked in the brewery. Did we did we send uh, uh, Rich? Yeah, we, we sent Rich, or did yeah. he just just ask us if we wanted a tour? I think he finally gave up because I kept him hoeing, and he's like, "I'm going in there to ask him." Right, right. Well, we were just like we were standing around and we were looking at the outside of the brewery, and we're like, "Yeah, you know, the, the, it's it's a Saturday. The brewers aren't working. You know, can't bother them at this point." And uh, so our our buddy uh, Rich, uh, who lives in uh, Birmingham, he went with us. He's like, well, I'll go in and ask. Because the guy looked like a brewer. He went in and asked. The guy's like, sure, I'll give you a tour. Yeah, <laughs> and, awesome. uh, and he took us around and through there. And we tried to make it quick, but mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Nice. And, you know, it's like a, you know, cast iron mash ton. And, you know, it was, what? It was equipment from like a 150 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, really cool. And then uh, open fermentation. And then, yeah, we went to uh, the Beacon Hotel. Double drop? No double drop? Uh, no double drop. Uh, we went to the Beacon Hotel uh, where uh, they make the Sarah Hughes Ruby Mile. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were there. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, uh, I think I told this story how I had been there. And they this, this, this person, Alex, she had, uh, you know, graciously... Uh, said she would show me around on like a Sunday or a Saturday, um, you know, show me, give me a tour of the brewery. And so it was like at nine in the morning or something like that. And this guy, Rich, uh, <laughs> brewer friend of mine in Birmingham, we had done a collab the night before and uh, they took me out after that, got me absolutely hammered. <laughs> I just wouldn't believe. <laughs> and so a lot of next morning... Here. I had this, you know, commitment to be there. And, you know, um, so I showed up, but I was hurt. And so she toured me through and I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. A couple of pictures. And she's like, uh, you know, did you have any questions? I'm like, no, no, no questions. I'm, I'm good. And then uh, <laughs> she's like, did you want to taste the beers? I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I did. did tasting the beer so i'm like oh oh, good she's like is is that it are you i'm like "Eh." and so i left and uh so we're there at this place and we're just standing around the three of us we we got some beer and it's delicious and we're we're drinking it and she walks up to us and uh she's like did you guys want a tour you know she could just pick us out from the crowd you know there's clearly guys who want a tour (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and we're like, yeah, that'd be great. And I said, I, I got to apologize. I said, uh, you know, you gave me a tour before and I was so hung over. I could barely function. And I said, I don't think I said a word. She goes, I just thought you were really quiet. <laughs> it's really nice. Just trying not to throw up. <laughs> Lady's name is, is, is Alex. Yes. 
It's, it's just just so kind. Uh, you know, gave us gave us a tour of an amazing brewery, mm-hmm. you know, Victorian Tower Breweries. Oh, wow. um, they're really cool. Uh, so um, it was uh, it was a blast. But you know, that's the thing. You know, be nice, be respectful, and uh, you will you'll you'll have a, a good time there. All right, one more uh, quick break, and uh, we'll be back uh, to wrap up beer tourism right after this. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Jacob says hi in the chat. And, you know, if you're listening live, you can go to the, the comments uh, just under that video on Facebook. And uh, you can write a comment in there. And... Uh, uh, we will see it, and uh, if you have questions, things like that, we'll be able to uh, respond to them live. Uh, especially, we got a, a live Q and A show coming up next. If you're listening, you stay tuned. You can ask your brewing questions, and we will be able to get to those uh, as we do, including ones that people have emailed into brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. All right. I envision the day when we have so many people watching on Facebook that we can't respond to the comments until next week's show. There you go. <laughs> Well, then it's going to become, oh, yeah, we can't respond to these comments until next year. Then it'll be like <laughs> 10 years. Yes. Oh, Andrew's listening live from Australia. Right. Hey, Andrew. Whoa. Hey. I don't know what time it is in Australia, but, you know. They're so far ahead, it might be 2025 already. Cheers, I cheers to you, brother. Uh, yes. All right. So here's one of my favorite tips and tricks. Because you go over to England or wherever you go. And you want to bring some of this delicious beer back with you, right? And he says, it's 2.30 p.m. tomorrow. Well, that's not bad. I guess he doesn't work for a living. I don't know. Afternoon strong. <laughs> yeah, afternoon <laughs> strong. Um, Brent's asking, what is the state of homebrewing like in England compared to the States? Uh, pretty strong. Uh, there's a good homebrew community and... Uh, they're getting more and more advanced um, as as things go on. Uh, I went and did a uh, a speech at a at a conference there uh, just after Neil and I were were there um, and uh, uh, kind of their homebrew con. And uh, you know they got a good turnout and good 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 bunch of people. Can we give a shout out to London Amateur Brewers Lab? Uh, our buddies who got us really drunk at. Uh, <laughs> At John's Brewery? A lot of our stories go with, and then we got really drunk. <laughs> and, then, and then the cab driver didn't want to allow Travis into the cab. And I had, to, like I had five to, feet behind the door. Had to promise yeah. that he wasn't going to throw up in the cab. And it didn't oh, help man. that you were just like, I'm not going to throw up. I'm Robin. I'm not going to throw up. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I didn't. Come on. You did not. No. Right. Yeah, the cabs are funny there where the seats are like three feet behind the door. So yeah. I, I get in, I go to jump on the seat and there's not a seat there. I hit the floor. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's all, it's all like plastic or rubber lined on the floor. Cause they have people yeah, throw up. Yeah. yeah. Other people, not me, other people. Lucky he didn't uh, refuse <laughs> us. Cause I would have just left your ass on the street and gotten in the cab and hang <laughs> So apparently I was fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's that whole relative thing. There's a drunk one. I can't tell if he's drunk because that one's so drunk. <laughs> All right. 
The attendee section goes to the drunkest person. All right. My shipping beer trick. All right. So all this great beer, you want to bring it back. One of the worst things you can do is lug it all around the country with you. Um, If you have like a onesie or a twosie, it's no big deal. You wrap it up tight, you know, put in your luggage. Um, and, And here's the trick on putting things in your luggage or in any package you know, glass bottles or even cans, you pack it so tight that it cannot move, cannot shift. If it cannot shift, it will not break. They break when they slide around or sling around and tap each other or tap something metal, and then that's how they break. So just pack it so tight that it can't possibly shift. So more beer. If you're going to bring, all right, so you need more. Uh, if you are going to bring back a bunch or if you, there's a brewery you really love, you can a lot of times in the brewery shop there, uh, like we were at well, uh, Theakston's and I brought a bunch of stuff up to the counter and then I asked them to ship it to my hotel. Or you can go online to uh, a lot of these breweries. Even if you don't visit the brewery, you can go online and you can have them ship. And it costs like five bucks, eight bucks to ship <laughs> a case of beer from a brewery in England to the airport, right? So make your last night in England an airport hotel where you don't want to be schlepping all this stuff around. You just have it all shipped to the airport hotel. And then you spend that evening packing everything up into, you know, your suitcase or into uh, multiple suitcases. What I always do is I make sure I can take two bags with me on the flight. One will, you know, my suitcase will hold a certain number of stuff. And then I'll have a brewery ship me like those mini kegs or, you know, a case of bottles. And when they ship them, they usually pack them really well. I'll, I'll be fine with that, but I'll also bring with me a roll of, um, uh, packing tape, the fiber reinforced packing tape. I get a from Walmart for like a dollar 89 for a whole roll and I'll, use that to reinforce the box or I'll take some other cardboard, put it on the outside and tape it up with that. Um, if you're going to put something in your luggage, put each of them into plastic baggies. So if they do break, doesn't, you know, ruin anything else, but, uh, yeah, you, you make yourself a big box and then you check it as luggage it needs to be under the weight and the dimensions, but I've never had a problem in England checking, checking beer as luggage. You might other places. But in England, they ask what's in the box. You say, oh, delicious British beer. They're like, ah, yeah, no problem. And then they escort you to this place where you drop off your, your weird looking box. No problem. I've never lost a single drop of beer uh, doing this. Never broken a pint glass. Easy, easy peasy. That's my trick. Have it all shipped to your, your hotel. They will collect it for you. Don't have it shipped like two months ahead of time. Yeah. But you can have it shipped there a week before you're getting there and just have it say hold for guest and, uh, you know, in your name and the hotels will hold it for you. They don't, you know, they, very cool. It's kind of, kind of used to that. So I just bring it all back in my bladder. Yes. <laughs> in your liver. In your liver. liver. In yeah. your heart. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that is one of my favorite, favorite tricks. Any other last tips, tricks, thoughts? Back on the pubs, you, you, you'll you find it odd, but for the most part, 
if no one's standing at the pub having a pint, it's for a reason. A lot of the pubs don't allow it. You get your pint, you go back to your table. Mm. It's weird. I get it. I want to hang out at the pub too, chat with the bartender. No, that's just not the way they do yeah, it. Some of them, they don't do it that way. Yeah. Usually you can tell, uh, you'll, you'll see a lot of them. There's no stools next mm-hmm. to the bar. Yeah. You yeah. don't sit at the bar. Right. If you are at the bar, you either stand at the bar or like Travis saying, you get your pint, you, you leave the bar. No big deal. Good point. I have one last question. Yes. If you can only have one beer in England, where do I go? What do I order? I know what the beer is. Boom <laughs> uh, and feathers for me. I'm having a uh, Harvey's Brown. Harvey's Sussex. Sussex. Uh, the the uh, Lewis Castle. Uh, uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Lewis Castle. Yes, the that's Brown. Yeah. Right. Me, I mean, yeah, it, it would probably be. It would probably be. Uh, you know, like a Harvey's uh, uh, best bitter, the Sussex. Uh, for for Neil, it'd probably be a pint of Timothy Taylor, landlord. Yeah, either one of those, and I'm I can just die and go to heaven. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nice. you know, a great a great Harvey's. I, I will say mm-hmm. that landlord at the Bluebell in York is oh, yeah. tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah. yeah, we we had you know God's gift to uh the timothy taylor's there at the bluebell they've it's a fantastic york is a great city yes if you're going to england and you have a chance go to york yeah just don't end up regretting it later when everyone tells you how awesome york is when you're there go to the bluebell mind the rules go in and have spectacular pint after spectacular pint there's a lot of other great pubs around but You'll get some varying quality, you know, yeah. as, as pubs tend to be, but not the Bluebell. What else? Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, there's just a lot of great pints, but I I tend to get a bitter somewhere or a mild. Yeah, know, or the, 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 the Ruby Mild at yeah. uh, at, at uh, the Beacon Hotel, the Sarah Hughes yeah. Ruby Mild. Or the brains. Holden's Bitter. <laughs> or Brains, uh, a Brains Dark in Cardiff. Brains. Yeah. Brains uh, great. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, you know, the 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 uh Harvey's uh, old ale in oh, yeah. in in Brighton or in in, in Lewis. Mm-hmm. Another spectacular. Or mm-hmm. a pint of old peculiar from oh, the wood. Yes. In, in in the bull ring. In, Are in you regretting Massimo. your question yet, Mike? Uh, I'm just like, you know what? I'm glad this is all being recorded because <laughs> yeah. if I ever need so to go many, back, yeah, so many great pints in England, yeah, and Wales, yeah. But, uh, but Wales, just, yes. just quickly on that, on that last point, if you if there is a beer that you are trying to find when you go over there to visit, mm. uh, the good beer guy from Camera, you can either get the this one, they go, their local camera branches go to pubs and they mm-hmm. tell you, you know, is this a good pub? They won't even make the list if it's a, a crappy pub. And they uh, have a beer. They'll, they'll uh, usually tell uh, you what the normal, these are their two, you know, mm-hmm. normal, and then they have some guest ales. And if you don't want to, to deal with the book or anything, uh, about a year or two ago, camera put up a website. It's called whatpub.com. And it has all the same stuff right on the website that's uh-huh. in the good beer guide. So if you if you're uncertain about a pub and maybe what they got on tap or who owns it or Nicholson's or Weatherspoons, you can find it on there for free. Yes, nice. that can help guide you. And you do it by uh, either postcode or what town you're in. Mm-hmm. It's real simple to use. 
Yeah. There's a couple of apps as well. Yeah. 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 There's apps as well. Yeah. Was it perfect point? Jamil, is that the one you see use? I uh, cast beer finder. I mean, you know, you just try them all until you find what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. Uh, untapped. And you know, um, mm-hmm. they all, every beer is a 3.8 untapped. Yes. <laughs> They'll tell you if you're looking for something in particular, <laughs> be pretty good. I think, uh, Michael has frozen. Oh. I think it's just, his computer did die. Uh, his battery died. Yeah. Battery's still, uh, there it oh, is. There he goes. All right. All right. Well, uh, we'll end this show. Uh, great uh, tips and tricks about uh, brewery touring in, in England. I think we're going to do some more of these. Um, I'm thinking Dusseldorf. I've spent a lot of time in Dusseldorf. I want to, you know, relay some of that information. Uh, you know, maybe some of these other places that we've been. We can anger Western Germany by combining Dusseldorf and uh, Cologne. <laughs> yes. Because yes. they don't want to be combined. Yeah. That would make them very angry, yes. It's hard not to combine them, though. <laughs> They're right there. It's right down the river. Uh, all right. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, it's the end of the show. Uh, if you're listening live, um, you know, stay tuned. We're going to do the live Q&A. We already got a couple of questions coming in through the, the comments there. Uh, Andrew's asking about uh, a little bit of uh, infection or weird weird batches that he's got going on. So we'll answer those. And we got some from, from email as well. But uh, keep on listening. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, you know, make sure to send uh, a nice email to our good friend, John Blickman, and tell him uh, thank you for uh, sponsoring feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. Until then, everybody, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong.